listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome to our show Jonah Mendelssohn, actor, poet and artistic director of Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre based in New York. Jonah, welcome to our show. Thank you, Rabbi Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. It's wonderful having you here. So you're from New York. Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre is based in New York, but you're bringing your work from New York to New Mexico. So let's start with why is that? Why New Mexico? Well, I grew up in Albuquerque and my dad still lives there in the house I grew up in. Um, and when I, when I was in, when I finished high school, I, I needed to run away. I needed to run away to New York to go to college, to join the theater. Uh, and I thought to be gay because um, at that time, you know, it's easier to become a different person if you leave home. Mm. Um, but in 30 years in New York, and I, you know, people are like, you're a hardcore New Yorker. Um, I always hesitate before saying, yeah, I'm a New Yorker. Because if I have any Zen on the New York subway, it's because I grew up with mountains and horizons and green chili in my heart. Right. Um, so in a lot of ways, I feel very much like I'm, uh, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like pulling all the disparate threads together and, and wanting to bring that work home. So, so then what is Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre? What, what is it exactly? So Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre is um, a sort of novel approach to making theatre. It's, it's actor-centered. We're a small ensemble of actors. Uh, right now, there are four of us. And we train together weekly, like a dance company or like a band, um, with the focus being on actors as generative artists. Usually, actors are workers, you know, artists for hire. Right. Somebody's written a script. Oh, you fit the part. Let me hire you and have you serve that. Um, we're we're really putting the actor at the center. And it's not that we don't do other people's scripts or might not hire a director, but we're looking at the, the actor as the center of the event because ultimately theater is about um, being in a room with the community and I embody a story that somehow we share. And I invite you to uh, project your views onto me as I present my take on the character and it becomes a civic event and a, a, a very particular kind of spiritual event. So I really wanted to place the actor at the center. And so all of our projects that we do, we start with what's a character, what's a story, what's a question that we as actors are wrestling with that we need to deal with as artists. And then we build a production out of it and seek an audience that's asking that question as well. So we're a very nimble group. It's not, it's not an industrial model where we like, here's the big show and the big set, and we, we do a bunch of advertising. We're looking to create work specifically for audiences and create community experiences. I, I think it sounds wonderful. It's a really different model, isn't it, of, of engaging in theatre. 
one of the things that came to my mind as you were sharing this is with, and I dabbled, I actually had a professional equity card when I was a kid. So I dabbled in theater. Um, the actor as performer, as performer of someone else's work is only responsible for the way they interpret that work. But what you're suggesting is so much more holistic. And the, the word vulnerable came to my mind. Is this a, a vulnerable model of theater? Do you, as you're going through this, do you feel vulnerable if, if, it, is, if, if it is you as generative artist? if it's you in terms of what you're wrestling with, and then you said you go out to find the audience, how much of yourself can you put out there while maintaining a boundary? Or is there no boundary? Is it a pure expression of here's who I am and here's what I'm wrestling with? That's a very good question. Um, it is very vulnerable. It's interesting. Over, over my 30 years on and off as, a, as an actor, I do the work, I, I get my headshots, I get ready to audition for, you know, throw myself out at industry to do book commercials or all these things that pay. And I sort of walk up to the line of what's out there. And there's, you know, there's everything out there. There's really commercial work. There's a lot of stuff that I don't consider very good, but it pays and why not? Um, and I always walk up to that line and I'm like, I'm putting myself into this in a very particular way. Somehow for me, it's been easier to create my own theater company because I have a, I have a, there's a sense of integrity about what I bring to the work that I don't know. It's, 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 it's that thing. I have to be doing work that I believe in. Mm. Um, and it's also theater for me has always been a, a spiritual practice. Yeah, you said that before, um, a spiritual event. What, what does that mean for you in terms of the spirituality of what you're doing? So, it's interesting. I, um, I grew up with, with very little spiritual upbringing. Uh, my dad is, walked away from Judaism. He didn't have a bar mitzvah. He, he wanted to read science fiction and listen to jazz. Um, and is a bit anti-religious, at least for himself. Um, interestingly, in college, he met my mother who had recently left a convent. She'd been mm. a nun for two years in the 60s. Um, and uh, so, but, but I wasn't raised with anything. And so my upbringing, the, the place where I went, aha, I have a sense of the divine or a sense of grappling with invisible reality was when my mom took me to see the Broadway touring production of The Elephant Man. Oh, wow. Which, which is a gorgeous play. I was in fifth grade, uh, possibly a little young to see that right, play. Right, right. Um, but it's a, it's a stunning story. And um, it's, about, uh, it's about our human vulnerability. It's about whether we belong or not. Mm. And so theater was the place I didn't feel like I belonged. Uh, especially after my parents divorced when I was 15. So theater was the place that I could hide out and, and be part of doing something. If I, even if I didn't fully felt like I belonged. Um, and it's also the place where secret things that I knew somebody else could acknowledge them, that I was gay, um, that I, uh, 
just you could say things in theater that you couldn't say other places that spoke to the truth of my heart. Where does um, that come from? It's and, and by the way, I just have to say when you mentioned your dad walked away from Judaism because he wanted to engage in sci-fi and jazz. I know at least one rabbi who engages in sci-fi and jazz. I, I will share that at least. Um, but but for me, this question of acknowledging the secrets of being able to share them. And you said right at the beginning, you, you said it's easier to become a different person when you leave home. There's, there's mm. a really interesting, like, how is it easier to express yourself in front of a room of people you don't know, an audience, people you don't know? How is it easier to express those secrets there on stage in public than it is, for example, with friends? In, and I'm not asking, I'm not exploring the relationship of you with your friends, but really like yeah. what, what's the, what's the permission that an audience gives for you to be able to express those secrets there? There's a paradox there, isn't there? It's really fascinating. I've never thought of that that way. Um, well, in high school, I wrote a poem that was about the day that my parents sat us down at the kitchen table and told us that they were getting a divorce. And uh, it, they were very matter of fact, we love you. Um, we're still both your parents, your father's moving out. We'll both be involved sort of putting a nice face on it, but something had completely cracked. Mm. Like from that point on, they took care of me. I had an education, but I didn't feel like I had parents who available to validate me because they were busy taking care of themselves after the divorce. And I wrote a poem about it that was published in our high school literary magazine. Mm. Um, and one of the drama teachers decided to stage a bunch of the pieces from the literary magazine. And it was really fascinating. The poem, it's sort of the first true thing I ever wrote uh. where I was trying to, like my, my memory of childhood fragmented at that point, And I was able to capture it in a poem and they performed it. And I went to, and I thought, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to have something performed. And I went to see it and I thought, Oh my gosh, I just shared my family secrets in public and I didn't right. even know what I was doing. Right. Um, and yet there's something in the, in the fiction, you know, fiction is a way of telling truths that we can't tell other ways. Um, there's, there's a certain kind of, I'm going to pause for a second. Years later in my forties, I did find my way to spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I spent some time in a 12 step program and then a church and then found my way to Judaism. And I had, my, uh, a bar mitzvah, an adult bar mitzvah in my 40s. And I remember standing on the bima, chanting my three lines of Torah. There were <laughs> 10 of us. I just had a couple of lines. Right. And I remember feeling the center of attention in a positive way. Like, I am, I am leading this for these three lines and everyone's paying attention to me. And then I passed it on to the next person mm -hmm. and I could be part of the community. So there's something about 
convening space as community right. that allows us, it becomes a container for the big things that, that feel like they're too much to deal with alone or that make us embarrassed. And that's both the big scary things, death and war and violence, and also awe and ecstasy, the things that are too big. Mm. Um, there's something about that communal gathering that allows us, uh, makes me feel like I can be as big as I am. I, I, I'm really moved by that answer. That's, um, that's a really profound way to, and, and honest and open, I really, really appreciate the way that you've shared that, especially this idea of convening spaces, community. It's, it's giving a, a, a place and a time and a mood and a permission, I think. I, I'm very moved by this. Thank you. We need to take a little pause. Um, we're going to just take a little break. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. My guest this evening, Jonah Mendelssohn, uh, actor, poet, artistic director of Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre. And we'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. And my guest this evening is Jonah Mendelssohn, actor, poet and artistic director of Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre. And before the break, uh, Jonah, you were sharing this really very moving idea of convening space in community to, to give space to that almost paradox of being able to share ourselves so openly um, and what you're sharing to me sounds very powerful and very profound. I have very limited experience in some sense when I give a sermon, I'm sharing of myself and making a vulnerability because there's space there. But I think this is different because you're choosing, you, you mentioned how you choose the, um, you choose the projects essentially from what you're wrestling with. And while in some sense a sermon is, is often that, or regularly that actually, it's often based on what's happening in the world or what's happening in the Torah portion that week. So I guess my question to you is, since you're not guided necessarily by what's happening in the world or what's happening in the week's Torah portion, what are the criteria that you use for choosing projects? You said it's things that you're wrestling with, but is there, is there more than that? How do you choose where you go next with the Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre? Um, I make the choice. Uh, I, I let the projects choose, choose me or choose us. Um, the first project that I've been working on that's, that's fairly well along, uh, I just did a workshop of it in Santa Fe uh, at the beginning of October, uh, is a set of poems by the writer Paul Monette that he wrote in the 80s when he lost his lover to AIDS. And so he wrote these astonishing poems to fight his way through the grief. And I first encountered these poems when I was 19 in college. I was just coming out as gay during the early days of the AIDS crisis. So I said, hey, I think I might like to kiss boys. 
And the first thing out of everyone's mouth was, well, don't get AIDS. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm just beginning to cope with that. And I read these poems and he gave language and art and a, a way of grappling with immortality and social injustice and discrimination uh, and love, the hugeness of, of actually finding your true love and losing them. Um, all those things, he gave a shape to it. And at that point, 30 years ago, I said, I need to perform these. These need to be on stage. And I've carried them around for 30 years. All, at, in, in 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I'd had my adult bar mitzvah. I found my husband. I'd had some therapy. I was ready to start doing big theater and really make a go of it and um, pulled these off the shelf and it was time to work on them. And it's, it's had sort of a charmed life as I work on it. So it's wrestling with questions that I have my identity as a gay person, as a civic person wanting to do good in the world is tied up and, and perhaps stymied by coming out at that point of the AIDS crisis. Mm. And this project gave me a way to, I even got involved in some activism, but I had no community. I had no spiritual foundation, so I couldn't stay the distance. I like started an activist group in response to a discrimination case, but I had to drop out because I didn't have the personal foundation I needed to sustain it. So 30 years later, I'm making a piece to tell that story, to reach out to people who lived through it, and to carry that legacy of activism and love uh, in the face of catastrophe to a new generation. So the, the thing just said, you need to do this. And I've, uh, people show up. I've, I find venues, right. I find artists and, and people show up. So, um, so, and it, so it has both a very personal meaning and there are clear communities of people who are also asking the same questions. So that's the basis on which we can build something that lives in the world as a public event. Is, is it a case that there are certain sort of selective audiences, by which I mean, are there places where you think this form of expression would be very well received and this one wouldn't? And again, I guess this comes back to that idea of um, convening space. You know, obviously, mm -hmm. we, we all want to be affirmed in the work that we do. But are there places where you go where your work deliberately challenges or is your work so personal that it needs to be challenging in a sort of comforting, supportive way? I think that's true. I'm not looking to be an artist provocateur. Right. I love some of that work. That's not me. Um, the other piece that Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre has done is a piece called Relative Differences, short plays about family and its complications. Um, and it's, it's a group of short plays and poems that we found. We didn't write anything. We, we, we found those built around the actors who've been training together. Mm -hmm. And our first performance of it, it's about an hour long. Our first performance of it, we did at my home synagogue, the SAJ in New York. And so again, it's tying threads together in my life of mm -hmm. Being in high school, longing for community, longing for a rite of passage like a bar mitzvah, not having it. And now to pull this piece together about broken families, about um, a woman who's given up her life to care for her elderly aging father. 
um, it's, it's a real grab bag of, of, of stories. Uh, but to create that and then take it into a community of families that are living all those questions, mm. um, it, it just makes it, it makes it more, this, all art has that personal element, but we're really leaning into creating that space for, uh, you know, often in, in all sorts of groups, we, we use inclusive language and we give the list of people that we're including by labels. Right. And it's a, and yet the label never quite touches our inner truth, does it? I, I often find when I label myself as gay or a feminist or even Jewish talking whether in synagogue or outside of synagogue, the label ends up getting in the way of the, the deeper spiritual truth of what that really means. And somehow in theater, with the mask of pretending to be someone else, it makes it possible to find the life, the breath mm-hmm. of, of what that identity, really, the experience of that identity really means. At least that's my hope. And and the passion and the and the reality that's coming forth from you is 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 very profound. It's very obvious. I, I'm very moved when you say the the label never quite touches my inner truth, and I wonder how far that goes. You you quoted you know some examples. Um, you you gave some examples, but I wonder even when it comes to our name, when it comes to, in some sense, when we encounter the other we have to provide some labels to give them grounding, to give them reference. Um, you know, so my name is Rabbi Neil. I am the rabbi of, and so on. It gives, it gives an orientation to help somebody quickly place us. But then I'm really moved by this because, of course, that is their projection, their understanding of that label, and it's, it's already a simplification. When uh, I was talking to my son recently, and um, and he said, "Does Neil want to do this, or does the rabbi want to do this?" And I said, "Well, uh-huh. well what's the difference?" So I I guess similarly with you, in some sense, it sounds like you're trying to transcend labels, but but we still need those labels, don't we, to help orient and ground people. At the end of the day, it's a performance by someone. So what does this mean for you in terms of the label never quite touching the inner truth? but still the label's necessary, isn't it? It is. Oh, and when I'm working on a part, one of the first things I do before I step on stage is I will, I will say I am my character's name. Um, so it is, it is powerful. In fact, uh, Jonah's not the name that my parents gave me. It's the Hebrew name I chose when I uh, converted and had my bar mitzvah. Uh, and then just this year, I, I legally changed it. And now when I encounter people that I've known for a long time and I say, oh, I'm Jonah now, I sort of, like, what is, I don't know who that is. We, we get to find that out together. That's, um, that's fascinating. Exquisite, yeah. There's an exquisite exercise by um, Declan Donnellan, who's a, an Irish and English director. And, and uh, he, he has you perform a scene in a play where you replace the words of the text, you play the scene the moment by moment, but instead of saying the words in the script, you say, there's you, there's me, and there's the space between us. There's you, there's me, and there's the space between us. And you say it over and over. 
And then at some point, as the exercise goes, the director will say, okay, go, and you launch into the words. Uh-huh. But somehow by just dealing with the presence of the person you're with, the I-thou of it, if you will, right, uh, right. with a hat tip to Boober, um, by just dealing with us, it wakes up that, that soul, that ensoulment, that, that inner truth of who we are that, that is hard to describe and changes. We use different labels. Are you Rabbi or Neil? Mm-hmm. Am I Jonah or am I old, my old name? Um, but that's, that, that the truth somehow lies in relationship. Right. Um, and that's the transaction between performer and audience at its best that we're going for in a very pure way. But I think there's also, if I can add to this, when you say the truth is in relationship, but it's also in the authentic self. And it sounds to me like you are really giving voice to the authentic self of the moment. So it, it's, it seems to me that this, this approach of, your, of Sweet Pea Chamber Theatre is, is much more authentic I don't even want to say acting. It's not necessarily acting, is it? What would you What would you call it? Performance, being, presence. What do, if somebody said to you? I mean, I introduced you as actor, poet, and artistic director. Mm-hmm. Would, is this oh. acting? What What is this? We've got in about two minutes. You know, All right? <laughs> what, well, I, poetry is the heart of it. It's embodied right. poetry, and poetry is that thing that. It, it, poetry exists between the lines. It's, it's, it's the rhythm and the shape of it that points to something deeper. And, and that's what we're going for in our bodies in space, is what's that thing that's true between us that, that is a little bit bigger than, uh, a little bit bigger than the, the, the labels would allow. Embodied poetry. And it's not quite repeatable. It changes moment right. to moment. It's, it's being in that flow of life. And that's what's spiritual about it, that, that flow of, of moment to moment. This moment can never be recreated. So we're going to be fully in this moment even as it passes us by. I, I think this is wonderful. And I, I really appreciate us ending on this idea of embodied poetry because it's always going to be different in every moment because our bodies are going to be different. Our space where we are is going to be different in every moment. This has been absolutely fascinating to be able to explore, to see more of this. Um, and, and, and I really thank you for, for bringing the Sweet Pea Chamber Theatres, for bringing this embodied poetry, for bringing this different style of sacred play, essentially. Really, thank you for bringing this to our show this evening. Thank you, Rabbi Neil. It's been a pleasure to be here. So thank you to Jonah Mendelssohn, actor, poet artistic director of sweet pea chamber theater and embodied poet thank you for coming on to our show you've been listening to soul searching with rabbi neil amswich from temple Beth shalom and from the interfaith leadership alliance of santa fe until we return again in two weeks time keep searching